Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Your daily encouragement that God has the world in the hollow of his hand. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're going to fly, we fly like eagles. Well, good morning again. It's hour two of Mornings with Carmen here on this Thursday, October the 26th, 2023. Um, for those of you maybe who are just tun- tuning in for the first time, or maybe you've never heard me say this before, we are seeking to bring the mind of Christ to bear on all that's going on um, in, in the world. And so we, um, we don't shy away from the headlines, but we turn to those as people of faith, um, oftentimes lifting them up um, in prayer. And so I bring forward the headline news of the day in order to equip and inform you um, as a follower of Christ that you might enter into the conversations of the day prayerfully and carefully, like full of care for others. People don't just need another piece of our mind. They just don't. They don't need crazy talking points. They need the peace of Christ. And so how are we going to deliver that to a world that is um, polarized and aflame. So take a deep breath. Um, There was a mass shooting yesterday in Lewiston, Maine. Lewiston is the second largest city in uh, in the state of Maine. And you're saying to yourself, well, Maine's not a a state uh, of large cities. It's not even densely populated. Yes, that's true. Um, On Wednesday night in Lewiston, a person, uh, we're going to just say this person of interest um, is, you know, is the is the person known to uh, known to be the individual that law enforcement is now looking for. His name is Robert Card. He's 40 years old. Um, and this is now a federal manhunt. Um, the FBI, uh, the ATF, the Department of Homeland Security, um, others have joined forces with um, state law enforcement across the state of Maine as well as uh, local city police officers in Lewiston and the surrounding communities. Um, Robert Card, um, again, is still considered a person of interest, but it, it's it, at this stage of the game, like everybody knows that this is the person who has done these things. Um, he took the lives of 16 others. Um, these shootings took place at a restaurant and a bowling alley in Lewiston uh, on Wednesday night, and the suspect is still at large the person of interest is still at large. Um, and so we want to be, we want to be praying that he would be caught uh, and that he would hurt no one else uh, in the meantime. Obviously schools have been suspended in the region um, and, and people um, have been instructed to shelter in place. Um, the U S house of representatives uh, elected a new speaker and you say to yourself, wait, what? <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Oh, we've been without a speaker for like three weeks. Yes, but they have elected a speaker. His name is Mike Johnson, and he is from Louisiana. And uh, Christians across the country know who he is because he is um, he is an attorney uh, in the network of attorneys that serves an organization called the Alliance Defending Freedom. And so if you're familiar with ADF and you're familiar with 
in my view, the very good work that the Alliance Defending Freedom does, um, then you will immediately know the heart and mind of Mike Johnson. It will not be difficult for you to see that he is not only pro-life, but um, pro the way God designed um, human life and marriage and uh, it, it is, and on and on and on, everything that comes from that. And so um, I'm going to describe Mike Johnson as a, an honest, straightforward evangelical Christian. Uh, again, he started out his career as an attorney um, for the Alliance Defending Freedom. And because he's not often in the media, sort of the reality of who he is um, on maybe what we would term cultural or moral issues, it's just he's just not one of those like leading personalities until now. And so let me just go ahead and tell you that um, those on sort of the, the left leaning side of media, they're in a straight up panic. And so you're going to hear panicked coverage, panicked coverage about the election of um, of Mike Johnson to uh, to the speaker's post in her nominating speech for um, for Johnson. Uh, Elise Stefanik, who is a Republican from New York, she actually invoked a biblical story um, in in the nomination speech um, and and went on to say that Mike Johnson epitomizes what it means to be a servant leader. Um, MSNBC says uh, Republicans believe they're following God's direction in choosing this man. Like they're literally they here's a here's a sentence from MSNBC. Between the Bible talk and Johnson's record, Republicans have made abundantly clear they have emerged from the uncertainty and chaos of the last few weeks with one clear mission, to run a Christian house. Well, there you go. Um, They probably couldn't have summed it up any better than that. And so obviously, you know, I'm going to be calling us to pray for the Speaker of the House, as we always pray for people in positions of leadership. But this brother in Christ, Mike Johnson, um, (laughs) he is going to be feeling um, heat for sure. So let's be let's be upholding him with uh, with certain prayers. The first time item of business that he brought uh, before the Congress was a congressional resolution on support of Israel and condemnation of the attack by Hamas. Ten uh, lawmakers voted against the resolution, but that also means it overwhelmingly passed. And so um, that's a, a positive um, step. But that brings us to, in the midst of all these other headlines, the the hurricane in Acapulco, the mass shooting in Lewiston, Maine, the election of a new Speaker of the House, and whatever's going on in your neck of the woods. In the midst of all of those headlines, the story that's dominating the news today um, is the war in Israel. So there was a rocket barrage fired at central Israel. The IDF conducted an overnight armored raid into northern Gaza. Um, we would say that is further evidence that the ground offensive is to start any time now. Um, no additional hostages have been released, although there was, uh, there seemed to be some movement in that direction, maybe the beginnings of an agreement to see at least something like 50 of the 200 and some hostages released, but that fell apart. Um, deaths are mounting on the Gazan side of, uh, of the border. Russia and China used their veto power at the United Nations Security Council to block the United States, which was push- pushing for action on Israel. So there's lots of headlines related to what is happening halfway around the world in Israel. It is right up front for many, many people. Um, And we'll just remind you that today is the day of action. For those of you who want to participate with the Philos Action League, today's the day to take your white roses to to a Jewish uh, friend or neighbor, um, to a Jewish community center, to a synagogue, to a Chabad 
near you wherever you live. And so we want to encourage you to consider that. We're going to talk next with um, with Ori Shakam. He is the chief of staff um, of Israel's National Emergency Medical Service. He is going to give us um, a sense of what's happening on the ground. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Privilege to have with us today Ari Shakam. He is um, he heads up Israel's National Emergency Medical Service, known as MDA. Ari, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Well, good morning, Carmen, and good morning to all our listeners. Yeah, shalom, shalom. Um, yes, uh, this is what we hope for in the state of Israel. Some shalom, we need this. Yeah, we have been uh, praying it over you, um, and we are with you as you as you seek shalom. Um, you tell us a little bit um, about the experience of you and your colleagues, um, members of the National Emergency Medical Service. We really cannot imagine um, not only what you're doing today, but the things that you have had to do in the wake of the attack on October the seventh. Well, Carmen, uh, first of all, thank you, thank you for your uh, sympathy. I would like to take our listeners back to October 7th, when at 6.30 we wake up uh, to sirens from the south of Israel to the central uh, of Israel. Continuous uh, rocket uh, attacks in uh, a scale we haven't seen uh, in, a, in a long time, in a long time. Uh, now, for us in Magendavidadom, MDA, uh, we, we pay attention both to the uh, amount of rockets and to the length of the uh, attack, because sometimes it shows you what you should be prepared uh, for. And the minute we understand that something is going on, uh, we say, okay, let's man the entire ambulances in the state of uh, Israel, just to be prepared, because... God forbid what happens, you have to serve the people of Israel and you have to make sure that you are prepared for them. It turns out that uh, Hamas terrorists uh, not only targeted uh, the IDF as their first, as their first uh, targets, but also the ambulances and the team members of Magen David Adom. And what do I mean? We know that about 15 minutes after the, the beginning of this uh, uh, brutal attack, about a quarter to, to uh, seven, Hamas terrorists, terrorists arrived to different villages and uh, settlements surrounding Israel and started shooting ambulances. Now, why would they shoot ambulance? Because they want to prevent from again the Vidodom teams, members of this, those communities, to respond better. And at 7, 7 uh, a.m. Israel Israel uh, time, we get a call, uh, the, the, the first call regarding shooting happening in cities and in uh, villages around uh, surrounding Gaza. So we send the ambulances, and two of our ambulances are being directly targeted by Hamas, uh, by Hamas uh, terrorists, killing one of, the, one of our team members, mm. 24 years old, father of, of uh, two, severely injured in another team uh, uh, member. And this is the beginning of, we, we call it the, the Black Sabbath. The, the, 
the black the black uh, Saturday uh, for us. And throughout the day, we actually find ourselves besieged in our stations because you cannot send ambulances uh, uh, to other to other locations because terrorists are are walking in in uh, towns and shooting uh, on everything, regardless whether you are uh, under a humanitarian service or whether you are uh, an innocent uh, civilian. They are shooting everyone. Um, so we actually open up field hospitals in Magendavedodom stations, something mm. that we, we are we are prepared for, but nobody in Israel never uh, ever thought that we would have to do. In other in other uh, uh, places, we had our team members opening field hospitals at their own home. People that live in besieged villages actually uh, uh, said, "Bring the wounded to me. Bring the sick." And the and the uh, wooden to me, and while uh, at their at their living room they are treating uh, injured injured persons, up on the roof there are uh, uh, people from the army protecting them. This is mm. something like a castle a castle within within uh, a city. Just imagine wherever you live that your 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 house become an actual castle where somebody has to protect. You when when you uh, uh, treat uh, other people's uh, life. Mm. And Carmen, yeah, this is. Go ahead. Yeah, please. Well, I uh, <sighs> I I have this uh, this image in my mind, right, of the uh, of the rebuilding of the temple where you are, uh, you know, you are you are holding uh, your your one in your one hand the ability to rebuild with uh, the walls uh, the walls of the city, and with the other hand. Um, you know, preparing for battle, and um, this is a this is a history with which the Jewish people um, are sadly very familiar. There is a cycle here that um, that Jews have been engaged in for millennia. Um, I appreciate Ori that you have offered us a way to talk about October the seventh, um, the language of um, a Black Sabbath. Um, is that language that um, is being adopted? Is that a phrase that you feel like we could use in in describing it? I, I think so. I think so. Mm-hmm. In, in Israel, we we also speak about the massacre of, of October seventh. But I, I think the Black Sabbath is, is something that uh, um, you know you cannot you cannot uh, express in words how mm-hmm. how terrible was what we what we uh, experienced uh, because I think at the end of the day it touches everyone's soul when you have 1400 innocent civilian murdered brutally murdered then you know you can you can only pray for God to to, uh, to, to tell to guide you of, of what of what's next and I have to tell you Carmen Magendavidadon people were the heroes of that day. We had a paramedic, a 20 years old paramedic, who uh, ran, the, the immediate uh, thing she did is to run for the clinic at her kibbutz where she lives. And mm. she was treating people for eight hours under fire. Uh, and and she, she was murdered because the, 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 those savages didn't care about, as I said, humanitarian uh, services or, or, or any, any people's life. But when mm. they recovered her body, she had a tourniquet on her leg. That means that she was injured, treated herself, yet 
took care of others. Mm -hmm. Now, it takes me back to our Jewish heritage of saying, I'm putting the best of others before my own, my own, uh, uh, before, before uh, my own. I take care mm -hmm. of my people because we have to, to uh, keep this people of existing, of living, of, of rebuilding. Amen. And we're going we're gonna to take a very, very brief break, Ori, but we're going to continue our conversation with Ori Shakam. He is the chief of staff of, and I'm not going to try to pronounce it, so could you, I'm going to say MDA, and you're going to say what? Magen David Adom, the red, uh, the red star of David. It can also be, uh, 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 I say, translated as the red shield of David. And I love that. with your permission, after we'll come back, I'll tell you a story why it's called the Red uh, Star. Okay? I love that. All right. The story of why um, Israel's National Emergency Medical Servants is called the Red Shield of David. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. What a privilege to be talking today with Ari Shakam. He is the chief of staff of MDA. It is Israel's National Emergency Medical Service. The heroes that um, that we all recognize were not only rushing to the aid of um, of their neighbors and countrymen on October the seventh, but who continue um, to serve uh, in heroic ways um, and and. and literally like into the future need our coverage and our prayer and our encouragement. Um, and so Ori, um, share with us, why is Israel's national medical service called the red shield of David? Well, according to the belief, the uh, soldiers of King David, 2000 years ago, the King that actually uh, liberated Jerusalem and made it our uh, capital um, had the same red shield of David on their uh, army shields. That means that 2,000 years ago, King David has put a sign on, uh, on his army to protect them from harm and to, uh, and to make them uh, release Jerusalem. Now, it's, it's, uh, very, it's very symbolic in my, in my view that 2,000 years later, we use the same, the same symbol the same uh, emblem to put on ambulances, to put on uh, blood bags, to put on medical equipment. So we shield the people of Israel in a different way, in, mm. in helping uh, them, in saving lives uh, and, and in providing what we, uh, what we were told by King David. So, Ori, um, one of the really extraordinary things, um, I, have, I have had the privilege of visiting Israel uh, on two different occasions. And um, one of the, maybe the most extraordinary thing 
about the people of Israel is their hospitality and their welcome and their they're not asking um they're not they're not asking you know what faith are you of or what is your heritage they're just opening their homes they're just welcoming you in they're 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 just it's a incredibly hospitable place one of the um one of the ways that I saw that in evidence was in the the hospital in northern Israel where there is that labyrinth of underground facilities, like an entire hospital underground in addition to the one that's above the ground, serving people from across the border and conflict on the other side um, of the border. Um, and that is uh, that is who you are, um, this willingness to to serve anyone and everyone who needs help. Um, and so I want to encourage that. And I want, and I want you to hear us say, we see that and we know that. Carmen, thank you so much. You know, it, it touches, it touches my heart because sometimes as an Israeli and especially in this black Sabbath, we felt like we were all alone, besieged communities, Magen David Adon people, the, uh, taking care of people at their at our stations and not at the hospitals because uh, uh, this was the what was what was uh, imposed on us and we felt all alone and when you say it and when we see the support that we get from the United States uh, uh, government from uh, uh, the uh, European Euro- European countries it it tells me that yeah people see what's beyond people see the greater cause of us being being here on this uh holy land and mm-hmm. what you just said what you just said actually um is, is what magen david adom is comprised of because when you come to magen david adom mda then you'll see jews and uh muslims christians and druze all serving together at the same ambulance because we care about other people, other people's uh, lives. We incorporate anybody who says, I am uh, obliged to the sacred mission of, of uh, saving life. And mm-hmm. in a way, we feel that you, we unite the people of uh, uh, Israel, especially for those kind of uh, um, disasters or this kind of, of harsh times where we have to uh, work together. And we will prevail, Carmen. We will prevail by standing together. And when I say we, it's you, Carmen, it's our listeners, it's Magenda Fidadon people and the entire people of Israel. Um, Ori, we, uh, we have read the book. And so, yes, we, uh, we do know that you, uh, you will prevail. And in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the battle, we want you to know that you, you do not stand alone. Um, and... We're with you. We're for you. Um, we we counted a privilege to have the honor of speaking with you today. Um, before before you go, and thank you for being so gracious with your time. I know. Um, well, I can only imagine how uh, the demands upon your time today. Um, before we let you go, um, you and yours are there. Um, are there specific people in your life for whom we could be praying today? I I uh, will ask. Anyone, anyone that listens to us, to pray for um, the people that have been abducted by Hamas, mm-hmm. held in Gaza. Um, let's all pray for them, for their safe and immediate return, return to their families, to their beloved ones, to the state of Israel. 
and please pray for me for Magen David Adom, men and women that serve the people in Israel, that protects uh, the, the civilian, while the IDF protect the borders. I may, I, I would like to add also the IDF uh, soldier, soldiers for our prey. We all want to go back to our life, our normal life, our uh, uh, our families, and as you said before, start to rebuild our life. Um, let us pray. Father, you are the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and we come before you, um, and we come before you asking um, for your protection upon those who are now standing um, on international borders, um, and we ask for your divine hedge of protection around and over them. Father, you are the one who sees into all places, even beneath the earth, And so we lift up to you um, those who are being held hostage, those who have been taken captive into a foreign land. And we ask, Father, that you would be the God who liberates, that you would be the God who saves. Father, return this people to life. Return them to their families. Allow them to, um, to walk in, uh, in, in the beauty and the glory of, of your presence and in the goodness of this creation that you have made. Bless Ori Bless the other members of the MDA. Bless the members of the IDF. And Holy God, as you are working out your will, um, give us the courage. Give us the courage to stand. All these things we pray in the name of, um, of the God who is and always will be. Amen. Amen. Mm. That is Ori Shakam. He is the chief of staff of MDA. Um, if you want more information, you know you can text me and I will send it to you. You are listening to Mornings with Carmen. So next up, we're going to talk with Jeff King. He's the president of International Christian Concern. We're going to talk um, with Jeff about uh, how people around the world um, are uh, engaging in the conversations of the day. In particular, we're going to talk with Jeff um, about a conversation that he had with um with a with a man who whose dad is one of the people who started Hamas. And so um when we talk about Islam, what are the things that you think you know? Um there's lots of things that we have heard. Uh Jeff wrote a book called Islam Uncensored. Um and we want to talk with him about the things that he has learned and in light of um of the current realities, you know, what he sees as a prescription for peace. What does it look like um, to seek shalom in the world today? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Jeff King um, heads up international Christian concern. He's advocated for persecuted Christians um, with the State Department in the halls of Congress, uh, he has experience around the world and has been at this for decades now. Um, Jeff, what a privilege to have you join us today on Mornings with Carmen. Well, likewise, Carmen. I so appreciate you having me on. Um, tell folks who are not familiar with ICC, what is International Christian Concern? Like, what are you guys up to? <laughs> Great question. Um, so they can find us at persecution.org and that look, that tells you a lot versus our bland name, but we help persecuted Christians. We do it a couple different ways. Our bread and butter is that we are helping the victims of serious persecution overseas. 
So pastor gets killed. We take care of his family, get him to a new life. But we're also pushing out the scriptures and the gospel at the front lines where, where the war is really going on. Um, and then we also work with the U.S. government. So we're working with the State Department and Capitol Hill and influencing those that can look. Sometimes they can, with Carmen, a single call, they can stop persecution in a country. That's kind of a home run statement, but that's that's the power of advocacy. And then we also just want to make known the plight of our persecuted brother uh, in the world, the secular and Christian world, so they're not forgotten. So that's awareness, so advocacy, awareness, and assistance. So good. Um, so I want to know how you, Jeff, how are you processing the, you know, the unfolding war in the Middle East? Oh, wow. Well, Carmen, probably like you, I mean, this uh, just hits so many notes and it makes you think of so many things. But, you know, Fox News called the other day and asked for a quote. And so, you know, I, I look to uh, the body of believers first. I speak to them and I said, you know, what did Jesus say? He said that in this world, we're going to have trouble and trouble this is. And you think about Ukraine and everything else. And if you're a student of prophecy, it's like, my gosh, this can really shake a person. And, but what did he say? He said he overcame, he's overcome the world. And that speaks to that thing we can experience. We often don't, but we can, where if everything's entrusted to him, if everything's invested with him, and we seek refuge in him, that we can find that peace that passes all understanding. So that'd be one thing. But the other thing is, I'm a student of prophecy. And I would say, look, things are not going to get better. There are more wars ahead. And if you understand the scriptures, if you just listen to what the Lord says, and what he says Israel is, there's the concept of greater Israel. If people don't know that, look up that phrase and you'll kind of get an education. But these are uh, the boundaries that God set up. So it's not Israel. Uh, it's what God says is Israel. And he says, you know, this is for all time. It's not changing. And so you look at back what happened, you know, with the United Nations, where they gave Israel a little tiny, tiny slice of land. And, and look, that expanded, expanded with each war. They were attacked and they gained more territory. And that's going to keep happening because look ahead. What's going on in the Gog-Magog war? This is a curious thing. You know, the surrounding nations around Israel are not involved in the attack. And then you, you combine that with the concept of greater Israel. And what God says is Israel. And these, these lands are going to be taken, including oil lands. And so you look ahead and you say, why is the whole world going to march on Israel? So that's just some of the places. And this is this is an intractable, intractable problem. And it can't be solved. There's no land for peace you're dealing with radical islam and so it doesn't matter what kind of papers are signed um the war is going to continue and and just blowing up buildings is not going to do it either and that's where israel is trying to figure this out and they say we've got to destroy hamas we, we can't live with these guys not the not the palestinians not the gazans hamas that hijacked mm -hmm. the land so that's just some of it. I could go on and on. It's it's terrible well, no, it's, and fascinating. It, it, it It's framing it in all of these ways. These are the ways we've been talking um, with one another about yeah. this. We've, you know, we've been yeah. trying to understand um, and see clearly the times in which we live. We recognize there are, uh, you know, Christians who view Israel in a number of different ways. We've yeah. tried to, yep. we've tried to understand that. We've tried to have conversations with ourselves, like, 
all right, mm-hmm. well, what do I actually like believe and think? And hey, you know, the yes. things that the things that I thought I understood, not everybody yeah. thinks that way. Well, why do I? So no. it's it is forcing people to um, to think more deeply, to to pause and reconsider some things that maybe they have heard in the past or yeah. or thought or expected. Um, you know, Jeff, when you say things are not going to get better, um, I think that the word progressively would be helpful there. Like things are not going, there's this imagination that says, oh, yes. well, things are getting progressively better. No, no, that <laughs> we actually, yeah. there is a redemptive storyline. So yes. things, things will in the end get ultimately better, but they're not yeah. going to get progressively better. They're actually going to no. get progressively worse until Amen. they, until they are perfect. Um, oh, and so, I I, yeah. yeah, so I appreciate that. I want you to tell us what you learned um, in writing Islam uh, Uncensored, what did yeah. you learn that we need to know as as we seek to understand what's happening right now in the Middle East? All right. And we've got two hours together. I know. That, right? I know. I, I know. <laughs> well, give them the summary. Give them like you a bet. summary statement. You, you know, this is I not bet. Fox News, but you could imagine. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, I I you know, fell into the world of persecution. The Lord called me to ICC through a dream and, and I knew a little bit about it, but I had a heart for ministry, but then I got an education because like, what is going on with Islam? So I had to kind of dig deep and understand what was going, what was going on. And, and what I saw was that uh, Islam will not be tamed. would be a simple way to say it. Their founder uh, was violent and that's an understatement. He was violent, but he said this was all for the cause of God. Um, you know, he, for 10 years, tried to start a religion. After 10 years, he had, I think, 150 followers. And then he said, oh, God's given me a new message. And that is that we can we can subjugate people by the sword. We can take their gold, their homes. We could kill them. If, uh, if they will resist us, we can rape their daughters, sell them as slaves. This was, and he said, I know this is hard to understand, but you must trust that this is from God. It's for your good. So once he did that, the religion took off. Hardly anybody knows this, but so one of the, one of the former Muslims I spoke with said, Islam basically can never be tamed. It's, it's uh, an amazing thing. It's like an elephant and it's grand and monstrous and huge and so impressive, but there's always the tusks and you can't get away because it's in the scriptures the violence is encoded from the founder into the scriptures so it can there's always going to be a fresh set of radicals um and so but and so carmen i bet you feel this completely you know but so we see all the violence from muslims and radical muslims that is we see the violence we see the craziness so it's a very easy leap or jump to hate, to respond like the world would, that we would hate and be angry. And, and the anger, I think, is righteous. That's fine. But the thing, the big takeaway I learned and walked away with was, was a great love for Muslims. Carmen, you know, these are the sons of Abraham, many of them, but they have been captured. They're not the enemy. The, the Muslim, the individual, Islam may be the enemy. That's a false god. But the Muslim is the son. They are captured. They are the damsel in distress held in the high tower. And the Lord is coming for them. And they are coming to Christ. 
and it's an amazing thing. And there's very many lessons around the world. And the more Islam acts, in fact, they're driving a lot of their own people to Christ with with the violence. So mm-hmm. that would that would be some of it. Yeah, I want to come back um, with a conversation about what uh, this is. It, this is not new language for you, but it was new for me. MBBs. Muslim background uh, believers, I've now yeah. heard it from half a dozen different people in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. They've got all these incredible stories about MBBs, yeah. Muslim yeah. background believers. And so I do think that um, uh, that is that is helpful. That is, it's helpful to hear the stories of the ways in which uh, God is pursuing, the Lord is coming for yes. people who are uh, from a Muslim background um, and this image that they are prisoners of war, the image that they are yeah. hostages, um, yeah. that Islam is the false god to which they have bowed, but that Christ is coming for them, and they are coming oh, to Christ. So m- more more of that next. How's that sound? Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. All right. Great. We're going to continue our conversation with Jeff King, president of International Christian Concern. You can find him and what we're talking about today and lots of resources at persecution.org. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. 150 million people, 150 million people actively use one particular app every month in the United States of America. I want that to be the Faith Radio app. How about you? If you're wondering how you could be encouraged in your faith at any time, anywhere, well, I got good news for you. There's literally an app for that. You can listen to Faith Radio live, any show on demand, no matter where you are at any time of the day or night. Download the free Faith Radio app right now. It's super easy. Just text the word APP to 877-933-2484 and click the link. Let's connect faith to life. Continuing our conversation with Jeff King, president of International Christian Concern. You can find Jeff and his books, including Islam Uncensored at persecution.org. Um, Jeff, Muslim background believers. Um, yeah. We hear we hear stories that, you know, people are having dreams and people are mm. um, seeing a, a person, a man dressed in white coming coming to them and, and all kinds of things um, yeah. that Western. <laughs> I don't even know how to say it anymore. Yeah. Uh, people are skeptical of, but then there's you sure. and you had a dream. And so, you know, yeah. suddenly we're, we think, <laughs> well, maybe it's believable talk, talk, talk with us about how God is, um, how God is reaching people in ways that we might find surprising. Yeah. Well, Carmen, you think of scripture and it says in the last days, I will visit uh, young men with dreams. And when I started in persecution, I'll tell you this much. I would talk to the, the guys who had been MBBs, converts from Islam, and but who had, you know, come to Christ 20 years ago. I said, no, 20 years ago, so this is now 30 years ago. How many, how many converts did you know? And it, I always got the one-hand answer. In other words, you can answer with five fingers. Tiny, tiny. And now it's the sand of the seashore. So, and it's not all supernatural. I mean, it's all the Lord's work. So it's absolutely common um, for for believers to come to Christ because they had a dream, they saw a vision, they heard a voice. Um, I was listening to one the other day and it was a, a former ISIS guy. And he said this, somebody touched me on the shoulder. There's no one there. Someone touched me on the shoulder. And he said, I forgive you. 
who he needed a lot of forgive, forgiving. And uh, he said, who are you? And he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I don't, that didn't mean anything to me. He's like, what's that mean? But anyways, the p- supernatural counter, I'm telling you this story over and over and over. But, okay, so here's the other deal that's going on. It used to be we relied on missionaries to bring the gospel. And Islam, where, where there's radical Islam, they'll kill the missionaries. So then satellite TV happened. And satellite TV, you know, jumped over the moat that Islam had created. And a couple of uh, amazing individuals were pushing the gospel out. Uh, Father Zacharias was one. Um, and as well as another gentleman who is a convert, who, you know, all these guys, they came from the Middle East. They knew the culture. They totally knew Islam. And so many people were coming to Christ and it just spread and spread. So, Carmen, I think Iran is now, um, statistically, I think this is clearly backed up, is the fastest growing church in the world. Mm-hmm. And that's a mind bender because what? Mm-hmm. How, was, how was modern Iran birthed? It was birthed by the Ayatollahs that said, we are going to be a proper Islamic state and we're going we're to lead the revolution to bring the whole world under Islam by the sword. And, and Islam has been hollowed out in Iran. The mosques are empty. But the believers are exploding. Christianity is exploding. And so many will tell you the dreams, but also word of mouth, because now there's such a movement and people, it's so dark and people, you know, in the dark are attracted to the light. So as well as satellite TV, it's an amazing story. It's such an exciting time to be alive. Um, We share your um, enthusiasm, but I suspect that there are um, a number of people listening right now. Yeah who are are suffering with fear. I don't know how else yes. to say that. Yeah. And so you have been to places where people have a legitimate reason to fear persecution, people actually living in the midst of uh, very real persecution. Could you yeah. just give us a little sense, because you've been at this a while. So <laughs> you're in a better position um, than than we are to sort of take the temperature of the world right now. Um, yeah. And so I, I think I'll just ask it that way. Could you take the temperature of the world right now, maybe in terms of religious liberty, but maybe you want to take that temperature in in some other way? Yeah, I think I want to touch on what you were touching on at first, where these times are perilous, right? And that again, that's scriptural. They say in the end times, people, and this is just the beginning, the people would be shaking in fear as everything it starts to unravel. And so we're seeing that. Look at Ukraine and, and, and Gaza is connected with Ukraine and Russia and Iran. It's all a triangle there. Um, so it's all so unsettling. Um, here's what I, I was thinking about the show coming up this morning and talking and us talking. And I would say, so it's a frightening world out there. Um, and in persecution, it's a very frightening world. People can live for decades under abuse and torture. The most terrible stuff. But whether it's the persecuted Christian or the Christian in the West, there is a process God is taking us through. Um, And it involves the university courses in pain and suffering. So the persecuted, you know, will have everything taken from them. They will include their wives or children. They can put in prison ultimately and tortured for decades and murdered. 
Um, so that's not our story in the West, not yet. You start to see rising persecution, but it's a lot of name calling and uh, being excluded from the public square right now. Um, but the process, this process of pain is different from us. The tool, though, exists. And for us, it's health, it's divorce, it's meaninglessness. But all this stuff that, that is happening, God wants to use it. We created, we human beings created this broken world. That's what scripture says. It's not God. We let Satan in and havoc and chaos has ensued. So we live under all this brokenness and it's easy to despair. But there is something the Lord wants to do with all this pain and suffering. And that is there's a process he wants to go. And I call it the treasure transfer. So the persecuted will say, you know, he'll get called into the secret police, Carmen, and they'll say, you know, I, I've heard you become a Christian, and uh, maybe that's fine. As long as you keep quiet, uh, don't say anything publicly. And if you just keep that at home, don't share that. Yeah, no problem. Um, and they say, uh, you know what? I can't do that. And then they say, you know, gosh, that's that's such a shame. I know you like your job, but there <laughs> goes the job. Mm-hmm. And then it's progressive fork in the road, fork in the road. So it's and then what happens is the church gets narrowed down. All those who are half-hearted, they go somewhere else, right? And so mm-hmm. those who can only say, hey, you have the words of eternal life, Father. I can't go anywhere. There's nowhere else for me to go. And so I'm going to give away that treasure. There goes the job. There goes this. There goes that. So, but it's the same with us. He's trying to take, we have all these idols and false treasure and they give us no life. We look to them for life. We lean on them for life, but they can't give us anything. And so he's trying to heal us and to say, no, trade that in for me. Make me the treasure, the true thing that we're living off of. We're living through, we're living for. And the other thing is this, you know, all of us are facing death and you see it as you get older, the the terror in people's hearts, because the meaninglessness, this thing, this end is approaching. And even we look at, we can look at the world like this with all the craziness, but what does scripture say? The life of the righteous is like the approaching dawn. And what does that mean? It says it's ever brighter. So that means we're living in the night. I think mm. a lot of people would be like, yep, no, that's true. I feel that. We're living in the no, night. Absolutely. We're not in the day. We're not yeah. We're not in the day. We're in the night, but we can see that's, the dawn. That's so good. And so then we have reason to hope because this isn't our life. We must go all in. We must push everything in and give it to the Father. And that's the process he's taking us all through. But we look with hope because true life is coming. We're very soon about to come alive like we've never been before. That's so good. That's so good. Um, Jeff, um, we got to leave it right there because we're out of time. But thank you so very much. What a gift. What a joy. I know you guys want to connect with Jeff. uh, Jeff King, persecution.com, International Christian Concerned. Uh, oh, what did I say? Dot org. Yeah. Sorry. I see it. I see it. Persecution.org, International Christian awesome. Concern. Um, uh, Jeff King, um, you want to check out what he's writing and and you want to pray for him and, and all that is happening through ICC. Jeff, um, thank you so very much. All right, friends. I hope that um, you find that not only to be um, challenging, but a challenging encouragement. Um. But this is a frightening world. These are frightening times. But none of it catches us by surprise because we've actually read what God has said about what we should expect and the days in which we live. And so we want to be good stewards of every moment of the time that God has given us. Um, and, And so today, 
as you walk your faith out into the world that God so loves, do so in ways that honor Jesus. Um, He is the light of life. So don't hide that light under a bushel or a basket today. Let it shine. Let your light so shine before others that they would be able to not see you and your good works, but that they'd be able to see Jesus. Let's allow people to see Jesus today in and through us. Um, Even as we cross the street to bind up the brokenhearted and the wounded um, among whom we walk today. Know that I'm praying for you. I count on you praying for me as well. Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.